We are Maria and Nicole. We're two secular homeschooling moms that have been been there, there, done done that. that. Today on episode 36, we're going to be talking about college applications and scholarships. College isn't cheap and transitioning from homeschool to a four-year university may seem overwhelming and you probably have a lot of questions, but don't worry. We're going to walk you through the application process and the best way to get some extra cash to pay for it all. This is the sixth episode in our high school series. If you haven't checked out the first episodes of this series, be sure to check that out on our website. The first is a trailer episode into the series where we discuss whether or not your high schooler can get a diploma, whether or not you need to teach some of those high level classes and whether or not your homeschooler can go to college. And then we continue into the first of the series where we discuss making a four year plan, what are graduation requirements and how do you plan for your homeschoolers future. And the second in the series is discussing high school core subjects and what electives that your high schooler needs to take and what actually constitutes a high school credit. And then we continue all about documentation, everything you need, your portfolio, transcripts, resume, counselor letter, course descriptions, your school report. We also have two templates that you can download for free from our website to create your transcript. And then the fourth series is all about advanced courses and testing, dual credit, AP, CLEP, honors, DSST, and ACE. And the fifth of the series, we break down all those college entrance exams. We talk about SAT, ACT, TSI, AccuPlacer, CLT, and talk about the differences between them and how you prepare your child for those exams. And so be sure to check all those out. And as usual, we want to stress that our podcast is an inclusive space for your everyday parents that are looking for education options. We are not here to convince you to homeschool. Uh, We want to stress that you need to do what works for your child and for your family. Every family is different. Absolutely. And you know your children best. So uh, feel free to take what advice or information you get from here that works for you and chuck the rest. Good morning, Nicole. (gasps) Good morning, Maria. I'm so happy you're here. It has been a crazy whirlwind of a weekend. I know, but I had a pool party last night at my house for our dance school, like 60 people. Did you know my house can fit 60 people? No, I did not know that. (laughs) And your pool area, you're on the golf course and you can oversee it looks large. It looks large, but it's not. Yeah, no, I had to borrow chairs and stuff, (laughs) which by the way, I did not need as many chairs as I thought. Oh, I'm glad that, yeah, we forgot to give you mine. I was going to loan you mine. I really thought I was going to be in a bind because I had even sent my bar stools out to be reupholstered a few weeks ago. So I didn't even have indoor seating, but it actually worked out. It worked out fine. People stood and stuff. And, you know, I had adult beverages, so maybe people didn't notice there weren't chairs. Yeah. Oh, it was hot, but, you know, a cold beer on a day like that, it's perfect. I know. It, well, now I need to have another pool party, though, because so I bought like a bunch of Truly, you know, seltzers oh, yeah. and stuff. I do know but I didn't, I didn't buy a ton. And then I had said that people could bring their own. And I've somehow ended up with way more stuff that I started out with. Oh, so now it's time for like a people Maria brought pool party. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, bring several, bring 60 of your friends because there's that much to drink. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Well, we have so much to cover today. I just filled out Riley's FAFSA this week. It's due by the end of the month. And oh, that is coming the, in. Yeah, at the... That's the application to determine your eligibility for financial aid and grants. Yeah. So coming it, in under the wire. I know. I told her, you know, she's she's almost 20. And so I'm like, hey, honey, we need to do this. But, you know, you got to let them kind of decide on when that's going to happen. If right. I don't want to make a nagging situation. I'm like, well, <laughs> she'll she can get a loan if she doesn't get that so i guess so well good i'm glad that you got it done got it done yeah so it leads into this episode today you know we've talked a lot already about designing your four-year plan and mapping out your future goals in some of our previous episodes in this high school series and your teenager may be opting for a future in the military or trade school or entrepreneurship or even the workforce and maybe college isn't part of their plan Or maybe they're considering going to community college and then transferring to a university, which can often be a huge savings for families choosing this route. They may even be considering a gap year. Oh, yeah. We had several friends whose students chose that pathway. I mean, for some, it was because of the pandemic. For others, you know, their students possibly needed some time to save up money for future schooling. Um, Others chose some service programs like AmeriCorps. We had several friends that did that. I really wanted Riley to do that, and she was not interested. I I know. It it looked really good. Well, there's still time. We have another friend whose daughter like graduated from college and has gone into AmeriCorps. So that's something that's cool. And another that's probably not college bound is doing a foreign language program abroad instead of going to university. So I would have loved to do that. Oh, my gosh. I know I'd like to do it right now. (laughs) But anyway, there's so, so many options. Yeah. But for those that are college bound, this is the episode for you. And thinking ahead to college can be an overwhelming prospect. So where do you even begin? Well, while there's no exact formula or a perfect number of schools to submit your applications to, most students apply to about four to eight universities. You want to choose like a safety school, maybe two or three of those. Those are sometimes also called your backup schools. They're schools that you're pretty much going to be guaranteed admission to. In general, safety schools have high acceptance rates. Then you also might do uh, two or three target schools. Um, These are sometimes also called a match school. Your grades and test scores should fall into the accepted range of the school's most recently admitted class. And while acceptance isn't guaranteed, you should have like a 40 to 60 percent chance of getting accepted. And then there's what we call a REACH school. And you might have one, two, three of those. Um, If your grades and academic credentials fall in the lower range or below a school's average from the previous year's accepted students, that's what would be considered a REACH school or a dream school. Right, like an Ivy League school. Yeah, or something with like a single digit acceptance rate. Right, yeah. So people are always asking, how many do I apply to? So that was a really important thing to talk about. So how do I choose colleges to apply to? Well, choosing a college to apply to can be really exciting for your teen, but it can also be a challenging decision. It's important to remember that this is their path and they are the ones that are ultimately making that decision. Your job is going to be to guide them and help them through the process. So talk to them and have open discussions and dialogue. And to help you through this process, we put together some steps to kind of help narrow this down for them. The first thing would be to identify the priorities. You're going to be making a list of your priorities to guide your decision making. So think about what factors are important to them in a college. Consider things like academic programs, location. Maybe they want to live in a sunny, warm state. (laughs) Uh, Campus culture, extracurricular activities, the size, 
the cost. Obviously, this is a big one for a lot of families and any other criteria that might matter to them in a college. Yes, you want to narrow your options down like right off the bat because there's so many options. Don't worry, you can continue to fine tune that later, but your child probably does have a good idea already of at least some of the criteria that you're thinking about. Like one of mine knew that she really wanted a small school but in a big city, whereas my other one wanted to be cool mountains and wanted a really big school. So, you know, consider those things. Right. And mine really wanted a diverse student body and cost was a big factor for us too. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next thing you want to do is to start researching colleges. You're going to look for colleges that are going to align with the priorities that you laid out. You want to consider factors like their academic reputation, majors and programs offered, faculty expertise and maybe the campus facilities. My daughter loved that there are three Starbucks on her campus. (laughs) Also, there's the student organizations. I've mentioned this before that my daughter fell in love with the race team at her college and they actually just got back from a big competition in Michigan where they competed their custom built race car against 120 other universities. And some of these colleges offer some really incredible and unique experiences and programs. So check all of those out. Yep. And there's books like uh, the Fisk Guide to College that are great ways to see ratings and criteria like all broken down in list form. You also can use college search websites like CapEx, College Board, and the apps like College Hunch to gather information about the different institutions. And we're going to list and link these and other resources in our show notes for this episode. We've used some of these other websites and printed them out and then looked up the schools and guidebooks later. Right. Yeah. The next thing you're going to want to do is you're going to tour some of the college campuses and if it's feasible try to tour the campuses of the colleges that you're interested in visiting a campus is going to provide insights into the atmosphere the campus life facilities and just the overall vibe of the institution many offer information sessions so take advantage of those you can take the official campus tour and talk to current students and faculty and just explore the surrounding area Often the tour guides and people working in the visitor center are students themselves and they just love to share their experiences. We had so many great conversations with people we encountered. Yeah, I enjoy campus tours. And really, if you don't know where to start with this, I'd recommend at the very least, like visit a few of the college campuses that are closest to you, even if your kiddo is pretty sure that they don't want to go to that school. That just kind of gives you an idea of what to expect from a college tour, what kind of questions you want to ask, what kind of things to do. And then you have like a baseline for future college tours. Right, I completely agree with this. We toured several colleges that were for sure no-nos and it really opened up my daughter's eyes because even though we weren't entertaining those schools, they had some features that she loved. So then when she was looking at similar colleges that were on her radar, she kind of looked for some of those features and she found exactly what worked for her. Right. And even you can do some of these tours online, which, you know, I mentioned I had a COVID year, like a 2020 graduate. So uh, we didn't even really have the option to do a lot of school tours later. But a lot of schools have videos on YouTube or directly off the college website that you can look at. And even though it's, you know, kind of pales in comparison to being on campus, it's still a good way to kind of figure out some things. Right. Okay, so moving along, the next thing you want to do is seek guidance and advice. Talk to friends, family members, and homeschool parents who can offer insights into the college selection process 
They may have recommendations based on your academic strengths, interests, and career goals. You can get advice from people you know who may have attended or have knowledge about different colleges or college on your list. Reach out to current students or alumni of the colleges you're interested in and ask questions about their experiences in campus life, academic rigor, and career outcomes. Their perspectives can provide valuable insights that might not be available through the official sources. And many out-of-state schools have local representatives or alumni groups. Uh, We met with a traveling advisor for my son's school, and we also attended an alumni event for another school that he was accepted at but ultimately decided not to go to. But it was a great way to get a good vibe for what the school was like and the culture and everything like that. You can also join the school's social media pages for information and see what kinds of clubs and activities they offer. Right. The next thing you want to do is consider financial factors. And college can be a significant investment, so it's essential to consider the financial implications. Evaluate the cost of tuition, fees, room and board, and other expenses. Research scholarships, grants, and financial opportunities that are offered by each college. We're going to get into that more later in this episode, but you're going to need to consider your financial situation and weigh the affordability of each of those institutions. And you really want to have an honest heart-to-heart with your children about your and their financial situation so they understand from the get-go what their options truly are. Right. The next thing you want to do is to review admission requirements. And it's essential to meet the admission requirements for each college that you're considering. We talked about this in a couple of the other high school series episodes, and specifically checking with the college admissions to ensure that your four-year high school plan will meet those. A lot of people like to check with their local close-by state schools if they aren't sure where they want to start or what their teen may want to do whenever you're making your four-year plan. So check the necessary standardized test scores, the SAT, ACT, and others the GPA requirements, the prerequisite courses, and other criteria. It's also important to have a realistic understanding of your chances of admission to each of those institutions that you're applying. Yeah, definitely look to see, too, if they have special requirements for homeschoolers. You also want to consider if you have a solid chance at the school. (laughs) Many schools charge to apply, and that adds up really quickly. Forget one of our friends whose daughter's applied to like 60 schools and I was thinking like in my head 60 times I mean some of these are $50 application fees which adds up really quickly and so you know honestly an average student might not want to waste time applying to a college that has like a 7% acceptance rate you know we talk about those reach schools being a possibility but obviously don't apply to 10 reach schools if you're you know just kind of a middle of the road student don't waste your time yeah don't waste your time and money that sounds like that's a lot of school 60 yeah wow yeah it was a specialized major but gotcha yeah it was a lot you're going to want to consider your long-term goals think about your future career aspirations and how each college can contribute to your academic and professional growth you're going to look at colleges with strong programs and resources in your area of interest or your child's you know you as in general (laughs) yeah you (laughs) for your kid (laughs) you know cameron gives me a hard time all the time when i'm like we have a test today he goes mom i have a test today (laughs) i always do that to you or we're in a show she's like i don't see you on stage (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. So you want to consider internship opportunities, research facilities, and alumni networks that might be able to help you advance your career. So. Yeah. And if your child knows what they want to major in already, which by the way, we have said that it is a-okay for they these don't. kids not to know yeah. what they want to do because we don't know either. <laughs> but if they do know what they want to major in, you can research what schools are highly ranked for that and kind of formulate a list, you know, based on that criteria as well. Right. You're going to need to trust your instincts. After conducting thorough research and gathering information, trust your instincts and listen to your gut feeling. And when I say that, I mean, your, your child, this is, the, this is their road. They need to know what feels good, what, what kind of campus they want to be on, what kind of environment they want to have. Reflect on which college resonates with them the most and aligns with their goals, values, and aspirations. Yeah, and sometimes you can get a feel for that on those those campus tours we were talking about. There were a couple schools that we went to that we like walked around and immediately they were like, I don't see myself here. Right. And so that, you know, trust your gut. Remember that the college application process often involves applying to multiple institutions to increase your options. Be sure to meet application deadlines, submit required documents, and give yourself enough time to complete the process for each college that you choose. Good luck. <laughs> right. So just a reminder that this is a weekly episode. We drop one every Thursday morning just for you. And if you have any additional ideas or comments, please come and comment on our Facebook page on the episode thread or send us an email at info at btdthomeschool.com. We'd really love to hear from you. We really would. We've been getting some great feedback, so keep it coming. So how do I begin the application process? The college application process can be stressful with numerous tasks and decisions involved. However, with some planning, you can navigate the process more smoothly. We've laid out some strategies and tips to help you manage everything, including your stress level during this time. So the first thing you'd want to do is to start early, begin your preparations well in advance, and give yourself ample time to research colleges, understand all those admission requirements, and gather all the necessary documents. Our high school documents episode in this series lays out all of that for you. Starting early is going to allow you to spread out the workload and avoid the last minute stress that you don't want. Exactly. Many people recommend uh, things like using essay prompts for writing assignments during the summer or even like late junior year so that you will already have some of those things, you know, sneakily prepared for the application season. Um, you can also get on Common App a couple years before you actually need to because filling out that profile is painstakingly long. The next thing you're going to want to do is to really break it down, divide the application process into smaller manageable tasks, create a timeline or checklist with specific deadlines for each task, such as researching the schools, writing essays, gathering recommendation letters, and completing all the forms. Breaking down the process will make it feel less overwhelming and huge. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. We actually made a spreadsheet with all the schools and all the dates. We could kind of figure out which things needed to go where. Some schools have different requirements. It's hard to remember sometimes, too, all of that stuff. So there's a lot of information in a lot of places, and it can get really overwhelming. Right. The spreadsheet idea is perfect. And, of course, by spreadsheet, you know I mean a... Uh, post-its no, on construction paper. Get out of here with your post-its. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> 
Yes, you really want to stay organized. Keep all your application materials, the deadlines and important documents well organized, and definitely utilize those digital tools. Like Nicole said, a spreadsheet <laughs> or a post-it notes, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> or a task management app. I always like to use Trello, and it allows me to make a board that my teen and I can share and to track all the progress and deadlines. It's a free app, and I love using it even in my homeschool. I created a board for each college that we were applying to and staying organized is going to give you a sense of control and reduce that anxiety that none of us want. Exactly. And all along the way, remember to practice self-care. We talk about self-care a lot. Um, make sure to take care of your physical and mental well-being during this period. Uh, get enough sleep, eat nutritious meals, engage in regular exercise or activities that help you relax and unwind. Taking breaks and pursuing hobbies or interests can help alleviate stress and maintain a healthy balance. Do not be on college applications 24-7. Right, for sure. And this goes for homeschooling in general for both you and your teenagers. As parents, we take on a lot and you and I both love nature. Mm -hmm. And I recently posted on Facebook and Instagram one of our chatty hikes that yeah. we love. We let the teens sleep in that day and we got out and it always makes me feel really rejuvenated. Yeah, yeah always, always. Important. Uh, the next thing you want to do is you really need to manage your expectations. Remember that the college application process is competitive and rejection is a possibility. While it's essential to aim high and work hard, it's also important to be realistic and have backup options. This is one of the reasons that we recommend applying to your safety, your target, and your reach schools that Nicole laid out earlier. Keep in mind that there are so many colleges that you can receive an excellent education and have a fulfilling college experience. I'm actually currently writing a blog post specifically about navigating college acceptance letters that should be out soon. And it can be quite a roller coaster of emotions. And we want to give you the tools to help you and your child through that and guide them in a positive way. Oh, for sure. Like I was saying before that sometimes like taking a college tour, you know, right away, like this is not a fit for me. My oldest journey was a bit hectic. Not only was it during COVID and everything was just kind of up in the air, but he got waitlisted at his top pick and we were just kind of going back and forth about what to do and after developing a backup plan we totally ended up going through a very last minute application at a totally different school actually two different schools that were out of state and when I say last minute this was February oh, wow <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't know that yeah but he was accepted to both and then we kind of made this whirlwind complete change of course in the final hour but it turned out great and that was definitely the school that he was meant to be at like it couldn't have been a better option and it ended up being the right choice in the end really colorado state was one of the last ones yeah i didn't know that yeah. and now he's like a grown he's already graduated yeah yeah wow i didn't know that that's yeah good to know, he so. wanted to go to ou he was but he got waitlisted and it oh. just threw us off so well, but can you picture him in Oklahoma? No, no. I cannot. No, no, he's meant to be in Colorado. <laughs> he's a mountain man. Well, it is important to know that a lot of these colleges, like my daughter did not want to go on a college tour. She was kind of like a no kid. Yeah. <laughs> on her like, senior year, we had a lot of no's. And I'm like, you know, I encourage her. I'm like, we, we are going to do this. I didn't really give her an option. But as soon as she stepped on her first campus, like she, she saw why we were doing this. Yeah. Like you just can't get online on an online youtube tour what you can get as a full feel of an environment yeah so, yeah that was really important 
Okay, moving along. So the next thing you want to do is to be sure to seek support. And we talked about this earlier while you were defining colleges that might be a fit, but it deserves mentioning here again because it's so important to connect with homeschoolers in your community and have that support network. Reach out to parents or homeschooling forums for guidance and support, and they can provide valuable advice or review your application materials and help you stay organized. We've said it before, but homeschoolers are notorious for helping each other. And then when the table turns, pay it forward and help others. And that's literally the reason that we started BTDT Homeschool. This is us giving back to the community that helped us all those years. And sometimes simply sharing your thoughts and worries to some of these support groups can kind of help provide relief. So get that support. Oh, absolutely. Like for one thing, like I would have had no idea where to start with that counselor letter. Oh, like yeah. that, you know, that's a doozy. Now we do break it down for you in one of our in our documentation episode. But um, getting started with that, I swear, was like the hardest part of homeschooling a teenager ever. I think it was the hardest part of me homeschooling at all. Yeah, was yeah. the counselor letter. So yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that I put that together. I have examples and checklists, so you can. Oh yeah, make your so own it'll unique it'll be breezier for you, it's hopefully. A very but but I mean, because this is where we all really feel the stress of it all, like reflecting on us as the homeschool parent. You know, if our kids were in school and then somehow like everything went downhill, we could always be like, ah. Eh. Well, it was the school, school. but like, (laughs) but the pressure and focus, like we can't blame school for that. Like it's all a hundred percent on us. I mean, it really isn't, but it feels that way. It does feel that way. And you know, and it's kind of a pride thing, you know, for us, like I've done this for like, I've always homeschooled, you've always homeschooled. So at the end, if we're bombing it, we're like, oh, well, I know we're like, this is the final, like a reflection on (laughs) us. And the final exam it's really not these kids it's their journey we are here to guide them and give them the tools and they're the ones walking the road exactly you're not gonna mess it up yeah so remember you are not alone in this process and many others including both of us have successfully navigated college applications reach out for support when needed and stay organized you totally got this you got it And after you finish listening to this episode, be sure to visit our website. We're going to write up all of the show notes and have links to everything that we're talking about. So it's just really easy for you to access and reference. Every week, I like to create free resources that complement that episode. So be sure to sign up to our newsletter so you don't miss any of that exclusive content. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, we would love it if you went out there and gave us a thumbs up or even comment on the episode thread. So let's get to the money portion. So where do I find college scholarships and how do I pay for college? I know that's the question of the day. I know. How to pay for college. So there are several ways that people pay for college and the methods can vary depending on personal circumstances, the individual university, the country's education system. Here are some common ways that people finance college education. Uh, Number one is personal savings. Some individuals or families save money specifically for college expenses. This could involve setting aside a portion of their income or making long-term investments like a 529 to fund their education, like starting when they're young. Right. Yeah. We did the 529 for both the kids. So the next one would be scholarships. Scholarships are financial awards that are given to students based on various criteria like academic achievements, athletic abilities, or specific talents. And then there's also kind of in line with that are grants. And they're similar, but are usually need-based. 
These do not need to be repaid, making them highly desirable sources of funding. The FAFSA, I talked about that in the intro. I just filled out our application. The FAFSA application would be filled out for both scholarships and grants. And this is the free application for federal student aid. And it's completed by current and prospective students in the U.S. to determine their eligibility for aid. And the FAFSA is different from the CSS profile, which is also required by some colleges and incredibly invasive. (laughs) It It asks a lot of questions. Student loans. Many students rely on loans to cover their college expenses, and these loans can be obtained from government organizations or private lenders. Students are required to repay these loans after completing their education, typically with interest and a lot of interest. Right. That's a hot topic right now. It really is. Uh, There's also work-study programs. Some colleges and universities offer work-study programs that provide part-time employment opportunities for students. And through these programs, students can earn money to help cover their educational costs. And there are so many good ones. I know that the RAs in my daughter's dorm get room and board for free. Uh, So many of these opportunities that keep the college running. And at the same time, it helps the students pay for their education. It's a really win-win. Yeah. Parental support. Some parents or some grandparents, aunts, and uncles financially support their children's college education by covering some or all of the expenses. And this can be through savings, income, or borrowing on behalf of their child. Yeah, I'm waiting for a a long-lost relative to show up with some money for my help. (laughs) (laughs) This is kind of scandalous, but I have a friend, and they didn't kind of drop this bomb on their kids until they were late high school, like looking at college, but they don't believe that the parents should pay for college or braces. Oh, so... Draw a hard line at those two things. Which it's fine if you don't have the money or you're not like intending to help your kids out with college. But again, we talked about having that heart to heart with your kids early on in the right. process. They like, really should know you, what. Yeah, they should know that from the get go. But well, anyway, I always thought that was nope, right. Like you would not. think that that comes up like quite a bit earlier. Yeah. It's easier to get braces when you're 12 than it is to get. I right. don't know. Right. The next thing would be financial aid. Colleges and universities may offer financial aid packages that include a combination of scholarships, grants, loans, and work-study opportunities. Financial aid is typically determined based on factors like family income, assets, and the cost of attendance. So those, that's a whole package kind of thing that the college will, like, this is your financial aid offering. Right. Some uh, employer assistance. Some companies or organizations provide tuition reimbursement or educational assistance programs to their employees. Uh, This benefit allows individuals to pursue higher education while working and reduces the financial burden. Like I think Starbucks is one of the places that you can... They, they give some kind of they contribution. Really do agree. Yeah, they really do. It's worth noting that the availability and specific details of these options can really vary by country, educational institution, and individual circumstances. And it's advisable to research and consult with financial aid offices or student advisors at each specific college or university for like a more detailed information about finance options and opportunities. Right. The first place that people typically look to help with college is through scholarships, and the biggest are often offered through the schools themselves. Um, It's important to know that very, very few graduates get full ride scholarships. 
think right. everybody's always looking for that. But Everybody wants that. But right. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of rare. The National Center for Education, just a recent statistics study called the National Post-Secondary Student Aid Study, found that even though 70% of undergraduates received some financial aid, only 2% well, received 25000 or more. I think that's 0.2%. Oh my gosh, 0.2%. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So it really it's is very low. A, a very rare thing, right? We'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention is about dual enrollment. There are so many benefits of dual enrollment, and I'm a big proponent of it if your child is academically and emotionally ready for that during high school. In addition to earning college credit and having some great experiences in these classes and on the college campus, it was an enormous financial savings for me, which is huge for my tight budget as a single mom. It was one of the biggest motivators initially, but over time, I see so many other benefits for my kids. My daughter graduated with 86 credit hours from her community college, and they all transferred. Yeah, and same with my son. And, you know, for us, he was able to graduate two years early then as well. So even though he ended up going to an out-of-state school that cost a little bit more than uh, we had planned for, uh, graduating two years early because of all those credits made it like a 50% scholarship. Yeah, so it was was totally worth it. Another thing I want to say is I know it can be hard for a lot of people, but I can't stress this enough. It is so essential not to compare your student with others. Every student and their successes and their challenges will be unique. And sometimes when we're watching a social media highlight reel, we can get caught up in those comparisons. So just don't do it. No, don't do it at all. Stop right now. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of uh, shifting gears here a little bit. Unfortunately, there are numerous scams making the rounds, seeking to take advantage of unsuspecting students. Fraudsters prey on needy scholarship applicants and attempt to steal money or banking details, personal information, and more. So thankfully, there's a lot of ways to spot these schemes so you can avoid wasting your time and use it to focus on actual real scholarship applications. Right. We're going to be listing several resources in our show notes that going to help you spot and avoid these in detail. But in summary, here are eight tips that we're going to lay out on spotting and avoiding some of these scholarship scams. The first thing is question if it's too good to be true. The second one would be to be wary of a sense of urgency, like got to do with this now. Right, right. It's only available a limited time for a limited time only. Number three would be the promise of exclusive information. That should be a red flag right there. Like if they're not going to offer it up for everybody, then is it real? Question any money back guarantees and ignore claims of unclaimed funds. That's a biggie. Number six is watch out for claims of affiliation with a reputable organization. Are they really affiliated with them? I would go straight to the source. Go to the reputable organization and check backwards. Right. Number seven is learn to spot phishing emails and websites. So, you know, critical thinking skills that we want to teach our children. We need to hone in on those ourselves. Yeah. The next thing would be number eight. The last one is don't hand over personal or banking information just to anybody. These are important steps. Real quick, though, too, and say that, you know, as you're filling out applications and joining the Common App and everything, your information is getting sold to lists, you know, like like always. Right. And so that's why you are starting to get a lot of these 
emails yeah. and things like that. But yeah, even like right now, while we're still in high school, though, we're getting the homeschool scams. Actually, you know what? Something that we didn't put in our notes here before recording is is a lot of people actually create an email specifically for college applications. Oh, that's smart. Because when they start getting all of this, then they know it's kind of instead of infiltrating all of your normal emails and yeah, yeah it can oh, be that's smart to do because there is a lot of so yeah. Once you start that information passing around, yeah. So we're going to lay all of this out in more detail on our show notes with some reference links and references on avoiding scams. But we definitely wanted to talk about it briefly here. And boy, oh boy, are there some scams going on right now with the mm-hmm. homeschoolers preying on homeschoolers, Nicole? Oh my goodness, so many. I'm really looking forward to recording our episode next month. We are just kind of laying out what we're going to be doing in the next eight weeks. And this one that we're planning, I believe we called it, uh, I think it's episode 44, and we're calling it The Hidden Agenda in Homeschool Groups and Organizations. And ever since COVID, the piranhas have really come out, and it breaks my heart, really, for new homeschoolers trying to navigate this new lifestyle. So be sure to stay tuned in for that episode, because it's a doozy. And like <laughs> yeah. we're having some Facebook fights on some of these, I know. these groups that are really preying on people. So really, really hone in on those critical things. Exactly. So moving along, it's important not to miss the joys of homeschooling during the high school years because you're so stressed out about scholarships. Right. Like, don't be stressed out about this. Finding scholarships for college can be time consuming, but it's a worthwhile endeavor. And here are some strategies to help you in your search. Number one, check with the college. Start by exploring scholarship opportunities that are offered directly by the colleges or universities you're considering. Many institutions have their own scholarships, grants, financial aid programs available to incoming students. So visit their financial aid office or check their website for information on scholarships that are specific to their institution. We told you before that's where most of your big money is going to come from. You're also going to use scholarship search engines. These search engines can be a valuable resource for finding scholarships that match your profile. Websites like fastwebscholarships.com and College Board's Scholarship Search offers comprehensive databases where you can search for scholarships based on your child's interests, the background, the field of study, and other criteria. Also, research local scholarships. Um, Investigate scholarships offered by local organizations, community foundations, businesses, nonprofit groups in your area. These scholarships may be less competitive than national ones, as they're often limited to students from specific regions or schools. Uh, Community organizations are great resources. For example, 4-H, and even our local orthodontist has like a great scholarship. Um, Local libraries are usually a great resource for information on these opportunities. We have a friend who child got a scholarship through the local garden club and they were just absolutely tickled about his major in outdoor environmental studies and so yeah yeah they were like really excited about it Yeah, and you're going to want to explore professional organizations also. Many associations or industry-specific organizations and trade groups offer scholarships to students pursuing careers in that respective field. You're going to need to research these organizations that are related to your intended major or career path and check their websites for scholarship opportunities. There are so many of them. Yeah, utilize social networks too and form your network of family, friends, and mentors that you're seeking scholarships for college. They may be aware of specific opportunities or connections that could assist you in your search. Additionally, consider joining online forums or groups or communities focused on college scholarships to connect with others who can share resources or advice. And if your teenager has a job, check with their employer or the parent's employer. Inquire what we talked about Starbucks a little while ago. Yeah. 
Many companies offer scholarships as part of their benefits packages or corporate social responsibility initiatives. So they're just sitting there waiting for you to, they are. to grab. My, my husband's company does um, several scholarships a year. We always apply for them. We have not won them yet. <laughs> So maybe, maybe someday, but yeah, you never know where those are going to come from. Also, research national scholarships. Look for national scholarships that are open to students across the country. Organizations like the Gates Millennium Scholars Program, Coca-Cola Scholars Foundation, or National Merit Scholarship Program offer prestigious scholarships to deserving students. Research their eligibility criteria and the application processes for those. Also, you want to check with scholarship directories and books. My favorite, the Ultimate Scholarship Book, provides extensive lists and details on various scholarship opportunities. That book is so thorough. Oh, there's so many in there. I saw somewhere somebody recommended even having uh, your teens start a little scholarship club where they use those books because they're huge. They're really big. big. They could get together at like a coffee shop and go through and see things like maybe this one wouldn't be for me but oh hey here's a photography one and you're a great photographer you know in trading little scholarship oh, information but so it like could be that. like a fun and productive Never heard of thing to that, do I know, I like scholarship it. club maybe we'll do that for our younger ones so remember to carefully review eligibility requirements deadlines and application processes for each scholarship you consider again here we are with those dates and those spreadsheets because they come up quick. Yeah, they do. And there's been things that we've missed because we didn't have it organized. So pay attention to any essays, recommendations, or additional materials required. Make sure to submit your applications on time. Keep track of the scholarships you apply for and maintain a calendar to stay organized through this whole process. And lastly, you need to be persistent and try not to get discouraged if you don't receive every single scholarship you apply for. Scholarships are really competitive, but the more you apply to, you're going to increase your chances of securing financial assistance. They can add up quickly. $1,000 here, $1,000 there. Yeah. 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 Every little bit counts. You never know. So moving along now, college correspondence about financial aid can be confusing and sometimes a little bit misleading. Yeah, it sure can. Things to know when you're evaluating the actual financial aid offer. So this is uh, your kid's already been accepted. Now the school is divvying out financial aid offers. One of the things you need to do is make a spreadsheet, again, so you can compare various aspects of the award. Sometimes they're all broken down into multiple categories. So how much grant money is offered? How much loan money is offered from each school? And are the grants renewable in subsequent years? If so, are there GPA requirements, major requirements? Maybe there's academic progress requirements. Will the grants received be the same amount as subsequent years? Be aware that some schools give the most grant money the first year with reduced amounts in years to follow. Right. And what kind of loans are offered? Subsidized loans are best. Beware of these parent plus loans, which require families to have good credit, which can cost double the loan amount in interest. If a student or parent is considering taking out loans, what will the repayment look like? And you can estimate this by using a loan uh, simulator at studentaid.gov. Yeah. And if work study is listed, be aware that work study is dependent on the student finding an acceptable on-campus job that fits their schedule. A work-study job is not going to be guaranteed. 
No. And I know this sounds like a ton of information that we just kind of threw at you, but with some organization and planning, you're totally, totally going to have this down pat. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, hopefully this is going to get you started on your way of getting your student to college and paying for college. Yeah, that was a lot. I think I need a nap after that. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But really, once you break it down into manageable bites, it won't feel so overwhelming. You totally can do this. Yeah. So tune in next week for episode 37. We are going to be talking about seven steps to choosing a homeschool curriculum. Oh, everybody always asks that. Mm-hmm. Which curriculum should I choose? I know. We're going to cover all that and more. All right. See you next time. See you next time. Cheers. Be sure to check us out on our website at btdthomeschool.com, as in been there, done that, btdthomeschool.com. You can join our mailing list and get news and updates on future podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at the BTDT Been There, Done That Homeschool Podcast.